This podcast is supported by Patreon. You can show your support on patreon.com slash toadsanime and get four early episodes a month for just a few bucks. Plus it helps Ryan buy Digimon toys. Alternatively, spend it on something more important. Hello and welcome to another episode of Toad on Games podcast. The only podcast in the world where there's animals playing video games. Can they use the D-pad with their little frog hands? Who knows? Um, with me today, I have Chris from Games You Loved. Hello there. Hello there, buddy. And I, I do believe this is your first ever audio-only over the Tinternet podcast. It was, and I did a bit of an accidental partridge. Hello there, didn't I? I didn't uh, didn't rehearse that one. <laughs> but I try not to put on my presenter voice. It's, uh, it comes through naturally <laughs> sometimes, but uh, oh, dear. we'll give it a go. We'll give it, give it a go. I like springing. Um, I like springing this on people. So I'll kind of go. Here is this person. They go hi. Yeah, don't know how hello. to. Hello. Some of these podcast episodes, people don't really know what to do. They go hi. Um, I've said hello. Is that all I should say? I don't know. Um, bless them. <laughs> um, obviously, full disclosure for, for for anyone that doesn't know, Chris and I have worked together previously. Um, at numbers. We have. So if this one, if this podcast episode sounds a bit more laid back, that's why because we know each other, so it's a bit more chill. We used to sit um, across the desk to each other and uh, throw things at each did. other. Yeah, we d- we literally did that sometimes. We did. I'm Figures sure we and plushies did. were normally the thing that we flew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, and you and I, I got lots of free. I got lots of free shit from Chris as well, which was great. Yeah. He gave me a, an old Pikachu plushies. God know where they came from. I, I have to buy my friends with toys because that's the way I roll, basically. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, no, I, I we we'll talk about why, why Ryan probably has a lot of my stuff because I'm a. I'm a ridiculous collector of many years, and uh, that's where mm. I guess we're going to go and talk about what I've been doing. Yeah, so we'll, we'll go into it more in depth, but do you want to kind of summarise what Games You Loved is? Oh my goodness. Well, I can do it if you can't. No, 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 no. I mean, what it is and um, what it stands for, I guess, is quite simply, um, uh, it's, not, it's not PR, but it's promoting, and in, in, a, in the community sense of the word, promoting retro gaming uh, because that's how I started off the idea the vision I suppose you might call it the concept behind it I was a kind of guy person in my um, in my own collection and my own sort of game room I guess and I didn't really know anybody Um, and I saw lots of various people YouTube I suppose going back to about 2010 when I started to kind of really think about something that wasn't games you love but it was it obviously became it, and um, everybody's doing their own little thing in their, you know, in their way, which is really cool. And it was quite early days. If you think about ten years ago now, even on YouTube, um, uh, especially retro gaming was quite uh, quite low level, and there was mm-hmm. very few YouTubers doing it regularly. And I was, I was watching a lot of the stuff that was going out, and I perhaps dip into the odd forum that kind of thing, but I didn't really know what was going on. So because it was something that I had been interested in for years, I'd kind of got into collecting, I suppose, collecting and playing older games. I had, there's always stuff rolling about and uh, I just thought, you know, A, I'd like to find out more about other people's stuff and also I'd like to promote it because my background's, you know, in, in that. That's what I do for a job. And mm. I thought it, it warranted, if you like, a bit of a boost because, you know, what we do, what we, our, our hobby uh it's uh you know there's no point shouting at the sea or shouting into a black hole it's good to share it with others really so um i kind of came up with this name games were us and it just was a bit rubbish to be honest it didn't really very toys are us it, yeah it was kind of t- i set up a facebook page i got for like four followers which was like my mum and dad and like my uncle and maybe my brother and um it was kind of a lot of, um, I do like board games, but it was sort of traditional games, maybe. I tried to go down that road a little bit. And it just sat for a couple of years, weirdly. Um, and then, um, uh, you know, it, it didn't really have the heart of, of the idea in it. So I think the name was causing me a problem. So my brother-in-law was a writer and we he came over for just on a Sunday afternoon. And he's saying, you know, what are you doing with that games idea you had? And uh, nothing, you know. And I said, it's the name. So I gave him the old name. And within about an hour, he came up with three or four names. And as soon as he said games you loved, the penny dropped for me. It really was that sort mm. of light bulb moment. Because it was about, you know, 
games we all loved uh, and, and that kind of emotive thing um, because ultimately we've all grown up with different types of games that we have in our sort of childhood and um, that's different for everybody and um, the, the name just stuck really. So mm-hmm. once I got the name, I kind of thought, right, you know, how do I get this out there? And uh, it was Facebook. So started up a Facebook page, um, posting up every day, really. My poor wife sort of sitting there, you know, she was trying to talk to me. I was kind of, oh, I wonder what I can do. It's inspirational to people about <laughs> gaming. And, um, you know, it's me doing it. And I thought, oh, hang on, this is um, this is not so... Uh, this is not so easy, you know, just doing it on my own. So um, I don't really knew this, actually, but um, I then uh, met Ben uh, from Numskull, um, and uh, we just had a chat because, you know, the company was quite new, and um, he just said, you know, what what do you really enjoy? And I was like, oh, I kind of like sort of, you know, doing it myself, but also other people um, getting involved. And we kind of had a chat, and I, I kind of came to the conclusion that, you know, it wasn't just me that was going to make this happen Mm -hmm. and again second light bulb moment I just thought right I need to you know not just sit there myself how can I collaborate and get other people to jump on board and um, I started to do a bit more Twitter and then built I think the key factor was building a website so I worked with a mate of mine built a website and um, just simply asked you know went out on Twitter and said does anybody want to write a review? And then we got flooded. Um, I think we got something like 70 reviews in about two weeks, first time we asked. Right. And then we held a few competitions. Again, that generated a few hundred reviews. So we started to get a lot of people writing reviews, uh, articles as well, like sharing their collections, talking about their own experiences. Mm-hmm. And... Um, you know, that, it, that was the point of Games You Loved. It wasn't about me. It was about everybody else, you know. And I've started to, I've had a few friends, you know, who I've made, and I've come on to making friends through gaming. Um, and they've said, you know, put yourself on there a little bit more. And I, I have started to do that. Um, I've got no sort of major fear of it. But I still think, for me, it's more interesting for, for me and others when it's talking about, other people's experiences especially when you start to get into different like um countries you know you get mm. what we're experiencing yeah. here versus us you know sort of far east europe south america and seeing some of the stuff that's coming from over getting quite a lot of stuff from coming in from japan i think we've got a fair few japanese mm-hmm. sort of followers and they've got really amazing collectibles haven't they in japan like some of the sort of um, arcade collectibles that they do. Yeah, they got all the, the grab machines and oh gadgets and stuff there. It's, it's so quirky. The physical stuff is brilliant. And, and, they, yeah. and also the um, the maker side of it, they make their own little, you know, tiny, you know, machines and, and put, obviously put raspberry pies and goodness knows what else in them and um, mm. a lot of model making kind of going on from that factor. Yes. But then there's all the, there's all the art. I mean, look at, I mean, I don't need to tell you, you, you know, you're, in the industry is that gaming has so many facets to it doesn't it it's not just the actual game itself which is fun absolutely but once you've done a, yep. a review about you know many of the common games it's interesting but you know you can see like even sonic like if you get sonic japanese stuff or sonic art or sonic fan art or and then you've got the music haven't you and then you've got the packaging and you could just mm-hmm. go on and on and on and i think that's what's cool about retro gaming especially there's so much archive material advertising oh, yeah. footage you know um that i don't think it will ever end there'll always be and it, somebody said to me once oh i think it was somebody was wasn't sure about what i was doing and that makes me that more determined normally when people say oh why are you doing that um mm-hmm. and, and i kind of said well you know there's you will never run out of things to talk about with old video no. games. Yeah. It's just no chance of it because not only are there literally tens of thousands of games, there's all the other things that surround the game as well. And that's what fascinates me. All- yeah, it's, it's its own culture Definitely. In, in so many ways. So Definitely. Yeah, I mean, there, there's, there's whole entire Twitter accounts dedicated to sharing 
terrible box yeah. art that has been going on for like eight years. I know. <laughs> Shares a new one every day. So even just those tiny little niche ideas yeah. can last for years. And it's um, it's a real it's a real eye eye opener actually. Um, and that's the journey was like the journey's not complete. But the journey started for me when I started to see all this other stuff. Um, it it, mm-hmm. it it um it became like an obsession almost. Like what else could I find out? that I don't know about and it is you do see the, you do see common things don't you something something gets like a meme isn't it something gets tweeted a lot yeah. and you see stuff sure. and it gets but there's always that thing that comes along that surprises you um which which is exciting mm-hmm. exciting bit um and the other bit is you know I, I didn't purposely go out and think oh I need to have lots of friends that's you know that's it's just a byproduct of the community as well, that there are so many mm-hmm. cool people out there. Um, yeah. And, you know, you've been to an event with me that everybody just wants to kind of get on really most of the time. And, uh, you know, it's a fun, fun experience, the whole social side of things, isn't it really? So, so when I think of games you loved, obviously, I think, I think games you loved is kind of this multifaceted thing now, but, but I think of it as being like a retro gaming community hub. Like, so I remember, I remember a conversation I had with you once where, um, and obviously game, games you loved is on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and has its own website and all that. Um, but I remember I had a conversation with you once where you were saying how first and foremost, it's about sharing other people's stuff. And that was always your push. It was about read, like, you know, you, you, you would always have time for retweets. You would retweet everyone. You'd retweet everyone's collections and their campaigns and the games they were doing. And, and it's very much, very much felt like a community hub. Um, and it wasn't about what I always liked about it was it never felt like it was about driving numbers per se. It just felt like this nice little homely, homely little community. Oh, that's nice. And uh, yeah, and, and and I guess I guess that feeds through even as you say regarding the name, mm. like the name just tells you. I guess the name did just kind of click because it, it's games you it loved. It's you, you what, yeah, what it's you not loved, me. loved them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The retro gaming community in itself, uh, especially in the UK, but I imagine in the US and stuff as well, is such its own little bubble. Like it's a nice little subculture in a culture. Mm. Yeah. Um, and as you say, going to events and stuff like meeting all those people and everyone kind of knows each other. And it doesn't really seem to matter who has this many followers and this many followers. Cause you know, in, in, in that group of people that we've hung out with, there are some that have just started and might, might have a thousand followers or something. There might be someone has a very successful YouTube channel with a million subscribers, but that didn't seem to matter to no. me. It's just like this nice little shared community of, of an interest in sort of nostalgia over games really. Definitely. There's, I think, um, I mean, it's not that we we don't play modern games. You know, I do still play modern games. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, I don't have the time to perhaps put the hours in. And that's, again, where retro gaming comes into its own. You can just pick it up for half an hour and have a fairly decent blast of a a game. You know, that's uh, from Mm -hmm. from the playing point of view. But I I do admit, put my hand up, you know, like maybe many others, if, uh, if they were asked, is that I tend to be talking about the games rather than playing them oh man yeah absolutely you know that's um yeah i don't at first i think when it started to come through i felt almost guilty oh my goodness you know i'm like talking about all these games but not putting so much hours in to kind of play them but now i just figure i think it's any it's like any community like you said is that that's almost the thing that we we do mm-hmm. you know we when we go to events I think more and more we're talking about the games rather than sitting down and playing them for hours on end. But that's really cool in itself, you know. Um, But you've always got that library, haven't you? That back catalogue to go back to. That's the cool thing. Um, Should should you need to yourself, you know. Um, And uh, and obviously the the factor of that is we're all all at different stages in our collecting... uh, sort of process it's really it's really nice to see new people come through i mean i have people i've got no airs and graces you know i have people and i commonly would do this almost purposely um you know i'm starting up a new channel i've got 100 subscribers would you share my channel of course because we all have to start somewhere Mm. you know um and i never i never would feel oh that's not going to help me because that person's not big enough that's not really yeah. that just isn't the philosophy behind games you loved 
Um, mm -hmm. And admittedly, we have seen, and it's great to see success. There has been people, people like Sarah Octavius Kitten. I think she had about f maybe 500 subscribers. It may have been 50 actually. And she's now got 30,000 and it's her full-time job, you know? So it's really cool yeah. to see people and help people when they're starting up like that. Um, and it's the same with events, with books, you know, with games, you know, there's lots of creators out there, isn't there? Doing all this stuff um, almost to try and make it a full-time job as much as a hobby, you know, as much as we're hobbyists, there's also people who want to make something of this is, as a, you know, this is their gig kind of thing as well, which is really nice to see that coming through. Yeah, well, everyone, everyone wants to turn their passion into, you know, their, their work, really. We're very, us too, especially very fortunate that, that has happened. So everyone wants that, really. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that that's kind of where it, it's it's kind of started from. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, where where it's at now, somebody sort of asked me, you know, what's what's the next goal? Because I had a few, you know, I wanted to kind of achieve certain things with the channel and um, I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know. <laughs> it's going to be all like, yes, I know what I'm doing next and this is going to be the plan. And I think it's um, just trying to enjoy it, really. Um, yeah. It's a bit like you, this podcast, isn't it? It's, um, you know, it's, there's mm -hmm. no, maybe there is, you know, sort of stuff you want to, you know, have a million followers would be nice. Um, but uh, it's me. It's me. It'd be nice, people. but it's not a goal. I'm just doing it. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. Especially during lockdown for me, it's just been an excuse to talk to people about games, really. It is. Um, it, it is. And I think it's that. That's what both of us probably have in common. Um, yeah. But it's it's almost it creates a platform to you to to enable you to talk to people that you, you wouldn't normally in everyday life. You know, I mean, how many of us? You know, let's take lockdown out of the equation. You know, other than your Twitter, particularly yours is very you know got really good engagement on your Twitter, um, and you know you'll see building your podcast is that it without this in 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 uh, in play, you know with. Um, social media go back 20 years this is almost where I, i'm going back around full circle now how would you go and do what we're doing you could go to the little computer mm. club couldn't you in the school um if you could find you know find the 10 people that might turn up every week but it, it would it would have been very hard to share this hobby you know whereas now it's just so easy isn't it to get yourself out there yeah yeah um yeah and, and you know meet our hero sometimes you know these these coders these programmers particularly i've met i mean you've uh people like jim bagley you know we've met jim haven't we at uh yeah some of the event. You know, jim's coded midnight resistance and coded like roadrunner um on certain formats and you know these are and i've met people from and you've pretty bumped into them as well you know people have written and, and you have interviewed people who have written very famous games and this it's given mm -hmm. us the opportunity to do that. I think social media, mm -hmm. people who complain about it, perhaps don't use it in the right way. That's all I would say. Yeah, and it's not, and this is, you're very much on, you're on the nose there because it's not, we're not referencing the fact that we work in the games industry. It's completely outside of that. It's simply because the, the, the modern day sort of gaming communities and how connected the social media channels are and whatnot just kind of opens that door up a bit. Like the, the developers of the games that you grew up with um, are not this godlike figure up in the clouds that, you, that you'll never be able to hear from. They're at the events. Absolutely, they're, yeah. They're in the and you can tweet them, and they'll tweet you back. Mm. And it's just it's, it's all broken down that barrier quite a lot. Yeah. Um, as you say, you've gone to events, they're just there, and they'll chat with you, and they'll hang out with you. It's interesting uh, thing you say there, actually, but um, I, d I don't know. Maybe it's me just being an old git saying this, but... Um, there, there was this mystique, you know, um, in in the eighties and potentially in the nineties, like you say, that um, say someone like uh, John Hare, you know, Sensible Software, that he was in this grand palace of a, you know, office, um, you know, making Sensible Soccer, and it was, uh, you know, he, he had he was, he was riding around in limos, and you know, you you, you could never mm. speak to him unless you went through his fifteen assistants. It wasn't like that at all. But um, 
and 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 perhaps other you know other other developers who had i suppose were in all the magazines there was this mystique i think ultimate play the game who became rare uh stamper brothers similar sort of thing is that you know that there was this they're almost untouchable you know like pop stars um Mm -hmm. whereas now you can literally you know um there are events much more. I don't think they used to go to some computer shows, things like Olympia, um, but not so often. Um, but you know, you, but you can, like you say, just approach them on Twitter, ask yeah. them for an interview, ask them to you know comment on something, and it's instant, isn't it? It's instant. Mm-hmm. I don't know what, whether um, I like this sort of mystery bit, possibly, but then um, I think. Uh, life's moved on isn't it really now we want to get close to our uh our kind of our heroes and that probably a bit more yeah i mean we still have uh, i expect you know if, if miyamoto or kojima turned up at an event i'm sure they'd still be absolutely swarmed by mm. people mm. um so it still exists in some form with those people but in general it's like you can go to an event and an indie developer of a game that has sold you know like half a million copies they're there at the stand and you can chat with them and it's really casual yeah <laughs> and it's just like it, it's 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 different <laughs> it's yeah. just different now i mean obviously I, I haven't experienced it what the what the industry and the community was like in the 80s um or, or 90s particularly but um well it's just very i mean if you weren't in it you know literally you weren't like a proper full-time you know person in the industry as a as a gamer you had no touch on it whatsoever it was yeah. going into the shop, looking at the cartridge, um, having a chat with a guy over the counter. That was your and you and you bought your magazine uh, once a month. It sounds so twee, doesn't it? Really, but it truly was like that. I find um, it very interesting. <laughs> and and you maybe maybe if you went, there were certain shops. Um, Gremlin Graphics is known for this up in Sheffield, where. It was a bit. It was a few lads and girls who used to hang out on a Saturday regularly. But I don't think that was that common. I think there wasn't really much of a, a community, probably up until about the 90s, the Amiga community, that sort of started up quite a lot of um, regular meetups and things like that. But um, it's fairly, in this country, maybe it is different overseas. But the thing I wanted to bring up, actually, on that front, <laughs> was the arcades. Yeah, go on. Um, because there was, oh, yeah. there was, there, there was a, um, a regular kind of, um, groups of people where, I mean, even the, the arcades I used to go to, um, the local, um, you, you know, it was, it was in Hatfield, you know, so there was an arcade, which I think is Sega, um, arcade now that there right. was a nineties oh, okay. right. arcade, you know? So when I think about it, what was in there? I was going there probably about ninety five, um, so yeah, you had all those sort of mid mid nineties games. Definitely had a Terminator two game with the two Uzis kind of joystick uh, uh, controllers rather. Um, but yeah, if you went every Friday, it pretty much was the same group of teenagers and young adults playing every week on that Friday night, um, which you just you just don't get now, do you really? No, um, there's no, there's no, there's nothing like that anymore. I mean, arcades kind of, certainly in the UK at least, kind of has died a death. We'll have these few bits around the country, as you say. There's still like a small Sega bit, yeah. in Hatfield. Um, you've got the Namco Funscape in London, but but they're more for family experiences, aren't they? Really, you wouldn't get it's a different it's a different age range. Whereas back then it was yeah, it was kind of. I suppose when I think about it, especially the 80s, it was kind of, you know, 14 to 25-year-olds, that kind of thing, of it, especially on a, on a Friday, Friday night. It was, the, it was that kind of crowd. But the nearest you're getting to that now is probably um, these events, you know, which are all around the world, aren't they? The, the retro kind of gaming events. You've got um, uh, the uh, Portland retro event, which, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, we'll talk about lockdown, but that's a big, big US event. There's um, various events in Oz, uh, Japan, and there's a fair number in the UK, isn't there? Really, so you've got the replay events and the smaller kind of gaming events as well. So uh, it's still happening, and obviously you've got arcade club as well up uh, up in the north of England. But yeah, it's I mean it's probably what I don't know, like one percent of what it used to be. 
it's uh, it's really yeah, kind of quite quite down. It's still kind of has a position still, but here it's 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 gone. Um, yeah. My first retro gaming event actually was the one that I attended with you. Was it? Um, Blimey, I didn't know that. It was really interesting. It was it was? Oh yeah, that was my first retro gaming event. Obviously, I've been to London MCM Expos and that sort of thing. Um, but uh, yeah, it was really interesting. So it's such a close knit community. There was arcade cabinets everywhere. Um, it's, I suppose, generally speaking, is a slightly older demographic than you would see at something like London MCM, which is mostly teenagers. Um, mm. It's a very different atmosphere, you know, a really different. It was great. It was it was one one of my favorite events I've actually been to. Um, it was a great time, and yeah, I do definitely do recommend if people once all of this is over. Um, that people do check out their, you know, the, the retro gaming events that are going on because they are bloody good fun. Like that one we went to, there were hundreds and hundreds of arcade cabinets, mm. and and, uh, and as I'm sure will come up as a topic shortly, um, sort of the the definition of what is a retro game is very vague. Oh God, here so we go. at these events, we'll have PS. There we go. Here it comes. <laughs> you have PS ones and and Dreamcasts and PS twos and all that sort of thing as well. So what is a retro game then, Ryan? Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is this is this is a discussion that comes up a lot, and I guess we should Yeah, it's it's there there are some people that are really adamant about what is a retro game and will and will fight their corner and, and, and argue when specific time points are. You know, there's some people I've seen some people argue you know, it's not a retro game or retro console unless it's at least 10 years old or it's not retro unless it's at least two generations ago in terms of game consoles. But for me, I just, I have an incredibly relaxed position on, on what, what it, it, it is. It just, it's completely up to the individual, really, what they consider that to be. Um, for me, it's sort of, I, I guess I would consider PS1 and PS2 games as retro. and Those are the main games that I grew up with. Yeah. Maybe we're approaching a point where PS3 is, in my mind. Um, but, you know, if someone turned to me and said, oh, I think the Wii is retro, I, mean, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't care what people's definition of it is. Retro. I don't know when this is going out, but for a bit of live interaction, I've just tweeted it out to 88,000 followers and tagged you in. So <laughs> sorry about oh, that. Gosh. So you might be able to uh, follow up with that at another point. Think, but um, it is very subjective. You're right, and um, I don't think it really matters. Nobody should be held up for right or wrong answers. Um, I mean, it's it's actually purposely why I didn't call games you love like retro something because I just I felt mm. I felt one day I might want to just tweak what it you know what an old game is, and even because there was this thing originally about is it just video games, you know because um, retro gaming is very associated with video games isn't it that's really what you don't really think about retro gaming with board games yeah yeah but although in very recent years i think perhaps because of the likes of kickstarter and stuff i'm seeing sort of video games and board games become a lot more intertwined um yeah there are a lot of outlets which will kind of cover both and that sort of thing and it's it's, it's not something i'm not involved in board games I never really have been that interested in it, but it is something i'm seeing the two worlds collide a little bit more yeah recently. yeah i think it's just been sort of pedantic with semantics um it's mm. just you know that word retro gaming always if you you know if you do any seo search if you look it up you know it always tends to be mainly video games and i just thought oh, i'd avoid that yeah. and you know as i say on my website there is a you can go and search we'll talk about website a little bit you can go and search there's a little block on as you soon arrive using the site and it splits into all the categories. So you've got board games, even outdoor games. I've got like things like swing ball and goodness knows what. Um, so if you want to go and do that, but the reason why I went down the retro games avenue is that's my true love. That's really the, the main passion. Mm -hmm. But I, I, I kind of left it open a little bit, a bit open-ended if I wanted to kind of pursue that avenue. And of course, we've got toys you loved, music you loved, mm -hmm. um, movies you loved so the whole thing is nostalgia you know that's kind of what the family of those i mean toys you loved quite quite um well maintained which you know that that gets a little bit of attention but the other the others not so much music movies tv so we've got tv you loved as well they get maybe you know might do like a tweet a week or a question um but you know, games you loved, 
it's where all, you know all the interactions like you said uh, one thing we try and do is um you know if we ask a question we try and engage with people you know don't just flip it out there um you know retweet this for this and that and the other you know which is all fine um we used to do a bit of that and there's nothing wrong with it but i prefer now to kind of oh somebody's bothered to share an image of a collection or a weird object or a, a thought or a shirt you know sort of an idea and it's mm-hmm. for me it's polite to you can't answer everybody but you know to go back and find out more or thank them for doing it or maybe give them a little follow you know that's that's the kind of thing that we do um so but uh, going back to the re- what is a retro game it's um if i had to be pinned down on it uh, which i am doing <laughs> i'll get to the point in a minute um i would personally say um what where i was 10 years ago is very different now okay and that's i think it's a passage of time thing as well but 10 yeah. 10 years ago i'd have said there's no way even playstation 1 is retro um, mm-hmm. because it just felt too close to me. Um, I would have said, you know, at a push, um, something like the N64 is retro. Now, mm-hmm. um, I would say PS2 is, you know, that's kind of... Yeah, I would as well. But I, I yeah. still don't feel PS3 is quite classic enough at the moment for me to kind of go, that's classic gaming. Um, but again, if these are just terms. And if you're of a certain age... PS3, PSP is is PSP's on the edge of, of retro for me. That's you know that feels yeah, quite, quite yeah, old school feels. now. Um, yeah. And I love. I mean, don't need to tell you about what you do. I love physical media. You know, I'm like, <laughs> I've got that. You know, if you had a meme with a, a kind of dog with its tongue out, that would be me looking at games when we go to the gaming market because I just cannot get enough of cardboard manuals you know cartridges they're just so they're just there's there's something um just nice to you know to kind of collect about them and and hold but they also they just drum up memories i still like putting in a disc i still like putting in a cartridge there's something about it that absolutely that reminds me of you know what i used to do it takes it's like a it's like a time travel thing for me when i put a cartridge in you know, and I cut everything off and I just play the game, it, it feels like I'm just relaxed going back into that moment again. So, yeah. Yeah, that. yeah, same for me. I think people people's nostalgia is very much tied to sort of physical items and stuff. So, you know, when I, when I play, let's say, Dino Crisis as an example, so I grew up on a lot of PS1 games. So if I'm playing Dino Crisis as a ROM or something, it's a very different experience than if I'm literally getting my old PS1 out and I'm, and I'm getting the disc out and I'm opening the jewel case and putting the disc in and stuff. It's a very different experience. Mm. Um, but it's still, I think it's still good to play in different ways. Like uh, I think, uh, absolutely. But it, like yeah. you say, it's not the same um, feeling, is it? When you when you um, get the, the original disc out, sniff it. <laughs> a lot of people you ask someone like uh, Neil Retro Man Cave. I went to see him once, yeah. and it sounds a bit strange, this, but. It was like sniffing my handheld. <laughs> it was like, hmm, that's got a smell to it, that cardboard. And um, it weird, I, I don't know what it is. Game and what? It's like an old book smell it is, kind yeah. of thing, isn't it? You Game know? and watches yeah. have a smell to them, but I don't know how it does. For about 30 <laughs> years, the smell of plastic just yeah. doesn't leave it. I reckon Nintendo, everybody talks about, oh, Nintendo spray their carts now. That's a modern thing. You know, the sort of, or the licking, isn't it? It's not the smell. If you lick in it, yeah. car. I reckon that they were spraying those gaming watches back in the eighties. Because how the hell they keep their sort of plasticky smell? I just don't know. It's really bizarre. But there's odd. a whole there's a whole video to be made there. Um, there's a, that's like that's a game theory video it is. or a conspiracy video. What are they? Oh, they were poisoning Japanese kids with their gaming watches. I can see top tens of you know smelliest handhelds going up I do. Okay. mate we should get in there for anyone else i know there's a subject waiting to happen there really, isn't there okay can't wait <laughs> so yeah that's um that's games you loved and um we're still rocking out i suppose what i find interesting is how you've kind of you've branded it up quite well so obviously you've got like logos and i've seen you give stickers and badges out and stuff like that so even though it's this very community-based hub thing mm. 
you've really branded it well. Thanks. So I don't, it's, I don't, I don't know. I, I perhaps that's from your career history that you know how to like brand things up and that sort of thing. Um, how would you recommend if someone else wants to come into this and sort of, because I find one of the key problems of people that whether, whether it's YouTube or a social channel or, or, or indeed a community hub or anything like that, I find one of the key problems are that they're just not branding it well, mm. whether it's naming and the imagery and stuff. So, I mean, what would you, what would you give as advice? To people? Yeah. I mean, uh, certainly when it comes to um, community gaming, I wouldn't call myself an expert, um, uh, you know, um, and uh, I didn't, I didn't do it. I didn't create games you loved as a, um, a, a kind of career move, if you like, or to mm. certainly not to make money. It wasn't really to, uh, to, to, to do that. But um, I suppose um, objectively, you're right. My background, <clears throat> I've worked in branding, you know, my entire working career. Um, weirdly, not gaming. It's been in hospitality, in retail, um, mm. banking, <laughs> some not so sexy uh, sectors, but hospitality, leisure, things like that. I've done a lot of work in. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, I suppose it flipped back it, what it comes back down to is, is uh, it's almost like creating your own brief um which i think is really important when you're developing in a new idea and i've been involved in a few startups and things like that as well and it's a bit like you're mm-hmm. a bit like what you're doing with your podcast you know um the, the main the main thing with the brief is just write down a few points you know i um what you know what's the background why are you doing this who's it for who are you targeting which I think is important, you know, because it's good to know who your audience is. Um, and then almost the, the, the sort of gist of it, we used to do it a lot in, uh, you know, marketing and more in graphic design studios I worked in was, you know, what's the most important thing you want to say? Some people call it the USP. I don't like that. It's a bit uh, marketing bullshit. Sounds very busy. Yeah. But it, what, what is the most important thing you want to say? And I think once you've got that, and that can be a series of words really, and, and this is what I roll back round again to games you loved. Once I got those three words together, it all just, ah, okay. So games you loved means uh, like, you know, it means community. It means fun. It means you, not me. Um, and it means what you're doing mm-hmm. with games. Um, so it needs to be friendly. It needs to be bright. It needs to be exciting. And suddenly you're describing everything you're describing the brand you're describing the way you operate the way you talk to people the way you behave and you your logo so you can give that brief fun exciting da 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 so your designer so i gave it to pete who's a mate of mine he designed the logo i had some ideas i wanted to create like a stamp and also wanted the tv in there so it's always good to give a designer don't design it because they're a designer but give them a few references you know I think I gave him some arm. It was like a um, U.S. Army um, font, and you'll notice my logo's got a star in the middle, and that's where it comes from. It's like an old army jeep. Oh, it's very subtle. Um, I said I wanted a stamp because stamps are really good in branding because you can then just oh, take sense. everything away, <laughs> and, and then you've got it left. But the TV bit was really key, um, and that's where that cool. logo came about. And then the sort of imagery and stuff around it was that's just my collection. So I had yes, another yeah, yeah. another pal of mine, Sam, who's a good photographer. He just did various. Um, I mean, that, the header on my my Twitter's been there since 2012, I think it was when we st- uh, started. Yeah, it's been there for eight years. Coming up in November, I haven't changed it. Um, I've I've, I've yeah. ma- maybe moved it out for Christmas and things like that, but it's it's pretty much. You know, you've got a couple of gaming watches. You've got a Sega uh, pad, a Tomitronic, an Atari joystick, and a couple of mm-hmm. um, couple of kind of handhelds. And he did lots of different photography, which is on my website. Um, so yeah, I mean, again, you know, one day I may do a competition to say, hey, I want to update my header. Do you want to send in your your pictures? Maybe I'll do that. You know. So, but mm-hmm. I think. Um, yeah, I just want to kind of keep it fun and light and, you know, easy. It's almost like um, I don't really want to talk about other subjects other than retro gaming. I have maybe kind of touched on a few things and I did a right. little bit of a poll. I mean, everybody knows there's a lot of politics out there, for example, you know, and it and it, it's important that people are self-aware of things. 
but I just feel my channel is not the place to do that. I think it's like, it's a bit like right. sort of going back to your childhood type sticks of that bit, you know, and, and then there's, there's so many other places to talk about that, you know, elsewhere and people to follow who have got, um, you know, probably more regular views on it rather than me just randomly chuck out something that's like, Oh, where's that coming from? You know, um, not that I have particular strong views on, 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 uh, on that, that much on, on that level. But, um, I, I, I like to stick to the, um, the kind of toys and the, the gamey sort of themes a bit, a bit, uh, more than anything else really. So, uh, and also it's just not enough time to cover everything, you know, once you start to kind of do try and do too much, you then lose lose focus. Really, I mean that that would be my last sort of bit of advice. If you are going to do something, really try and focus on it, and don't try and do too many other things. When we first started up, right, we, yeah. we tried yeah we tried to do too much. So I've I found an email I sent weirdly. Um, I was just uh, backing up on my email and and stuff the other day. It was two thousand and thirteen. And I think we went to 17 gaming events in our first year. I mean, I just mm. don't know how we did it. You know, I mean, I was just up and down the country, you know, constantly dragging I mean, it's a job TVs and, oh, it's just crazy, you know. Um, whereas now we're, you know, a bit more selective, might go to maybe one or two. But also, you know, up, people will go for us, they'll write, you know, we'll get them obviously press passes and that sort of thing. And they're quite happy to yeah. to cover the event. Uh, so I can't, you know, I don't have the time to go to every single event. Um, yeah. So that, that's that's worked out quite well. But you, w when you start to build, you, you can find yourself trying to do everything, you know. And there is so much to do in this world, you know, from the events to the podcast, to the video, into the, all the channels, it's just you have to focus on one thing. You can't do it all, you know. You'll probably find this yourself. You've got a pretty popular Twitter account and your podcast. If you started doing a YouTube channel, it would be like, wow, how can I – I'm never going to get that done, you know. I've got to have a life somewhere, so. Yeah, that's right, yeah. And I actually really enjoyed the when, – when you have YouTube channels or social channels and communities and that stuff, the people that find – a very specific topic or very specific niche and they do it and they they do it well and they do it better than anyone like it's those sort of channels and communities that i find really 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 interesting um just as an example like the youtube channel boundary break like his thing is that he will show the behind the scenes in video games and there's a youtube channel that will show the world rec world record speed runs and the stories behind those and how they grew and all these channels are really successful because they have a very focused goal and a very focused topic that they talk about um and obviously for you for you it's it's you know the games you love here are the here's nostalgic things you love and that's why it works really it's 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 the channels and the people that try and be too all-encompassing are the ones that just end up drowning because it's way too much mm. yeah no it's you're right and, and also i think people lose faith a little bit um you've got to be a bit true to your 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 craft i mean again when you first start finding yourself out a little bit it could be like this. Mm -hmm. So we, we, we covered a bit of um, virtual reality at um, one of the early uh, EGXs when it was down at Earl's Court. I think it was the um, the most dumb uh, down-thumbed video we've ever done. You know, it was like four, 40 down-thumbs. It was like, oh, I think we've just missed the mark on this one, guys, you know. Um, With the, they thought VR was too new. Oh, it was just too new, yeah. I mean, we just did it because, um, you know, it was at the event. Uh, it was a short video, but it was just a wake-up call. And there has been a couple of things like that yeah. where yeah. we just like, even though I'm interested in it, everybody's following games you love, like you say, because they want to see the older stuff. They can go and see the new stuff mm -hmm. elsewhere. And um, I think if it's, it's different if it's like, um, obviously, a reinvention, if it's Sonic Mania, you know, if it's a reinvention of a classic, that's different. Yeah, I was going to ask about actually about like sort of new retro mm -hmm. because in the last sort of I, I guess as people that grew up with these kind of games are now adults and they're working in games themselves, we've had this kind of influx of retro style games. Um, you know, anything from and that kind of went alongside with the indie boom as well. So you've got like Sonic Mania and Shovel Knight, yeah, and all these retro doom. Style, I mean, you know, it's just so many, yeah, back. yeah, yeah. Even low poly graphics, and you've got your pixel art, and they're all prominent now you know they, they sell both, both these sort of things can sell multi-million copies now and so how does how does 
a community like yours feel about that sort of stuff? Like if you were to post about Sonic Mania, would that go down okay? When I first started up Games You Loved, I think because it was a bit more, can I use the word hardcore? That kind of, it was a bit more, you know, like sure. people are really heavily into it. Um, it mm-hmm. perhaps a you know a little bit protectionist about all oh, you know I've got this this is the way it's got to be done guys you know maybe maybe it was just a feeling of that um, I think that wouldn't have gone down too well and I think um, it probably was partly not because of their um, protect maybe not in protecting their hobby but it was more just there wasn't anything out out there and um, it wasn't a, it wasn't a thing. And I think um, mm-hmm. now it is a thing. It's it's so ubiquitous that, um, but like you say, both indie and you know AAA studio games are coming out of you know and launching um, big big titles of you know. I mean, Nintendo are obviously very famous for it. You know, how many Mario's have you got in the last related games in the last 30, 35 years or whatever? Um, and Zelda, and I could continue. So they've been doing it for years. When you think about it, call it retro or not, um, but obviously other other platforms are are you know riding the, the nostalgia wave. When you think about it, and why not? Because mm-hmm. movies do it, music does it, and TV does it. So gaming as a medium should should um, should and, it, and and for me, it's not about cashing in. It's fans love it, you know. So yeah, it's, it's, um, it's just it's, meat and demand. It's, it's what people want. It is. It's, it's a nod to people's um, passion in in a character, or or a you know or a game series, really. So um, you know we're all sort of sitting there, aren't we, waiting for certain ones to be reinvented for new consoles? I think we could probably build a list of. I mean, certainly, ar- there's certain arcade games. I would love to see a new Outrun, for example. Yeah. Um, I'd love to see a Shinobi. I'm just looking at some of my games here to cheat, but um, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, th- just you know, um, just some weird stuff. You know, I mean, we, obviously, Mortal Kombat—they've been coming through, haven't they? Um, mm-hmm, yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, like a new RoboCop game would be pretty amazing. You know, something in VR, perhaps. I don't know. I mean, yeah. uh, Ghostbusters could do a new revisit. I think PS3 was the last time. It was done. I think it was maybe uh, there was an enhanced version, was there for PS4 of the Ghostbusters game? Yes, yeah. But a new a new one maybe for PS5. I mean, when you start, you, you've worked in obviously you know movie licenses. When you start thinking about all those movie games that you had and reinventing those again for the new consoles, I I would be lapping that up, you know, um, because these are things that I've grew up with. Um, and and whilst there's a connection with the original cartridge and having that, it's still is it, there's a tie-in with it. It's just a different. It, it's a different kind of reason to own it and play it for me. Um, certainly wouldn't rule it out. Yeah. I don't think uh, there's, there's plenty of um, plenty of opportunity um, for you know for for developers to bring out stuff that has a nod, if you like, to old games. Um, and also introduces younger gamers to those IPs as well that maybe um, they hadn't experienced the first time round. And um, you've got a whole generation of collectors coming into the hobby as well. Um, I think Instagram's quite a good yes, yeah. touch on that. You know, there's a lot of people collecting Nintendo stuff and Sega coming in a bit, a bit more. But if you look at the Nintendo collection community on Instagram, it's, huge. it's, it's, it's millions. You know, it's yeah. really, really blown up in the last few years. Um, you know, Game Boy collecting is really quite popular now, isn't it? Um, mm-hmm. I mean, people like um, uh, Retro Future and uh, Retro Dodo, those guys, you know, they're doing a lot to um, to kind of raise the bar and, and the awareness around what cool stuff is out there. You know, you've got mods, Japanese kind of import stuff. You've got, um, yeah, kind of bespoke builds. It's really quite exciting, actually, um, with new people coming in. They're not that new, those guys, but people coming in with, you know, with their um, their kind of new content on that. And it's, you know, people are switching to it and say, oh, I'd, like, I'd like to get that Game Boy I used to own or the one I always wanted or the, the Pokemon one that my, my neighbor had and I never had. Um but yeah. you know, I I'm going to drop it in here now. The prices of retro games, whew, they are really 
quite high at the moment, I have to say. Some of, some of it is mad. And, and, and it's so volatile. Like if, if, if a popular YouTuber includes a specific game in, there, in, in a video, yeah. through no phone, obviously, then woof, the prices go way up. Or at least the asking prices are. I don't so know I was going to give, uh, give a few tips. Uh, give a few tips on your uh, channel here, on your podcast. So, oh, absolutely. So the, the, the prices are high. There's no, there's no doubt about it. And I've, I have tweeted about a slight um, a disagreement of that, and, and I'll tell you why. So the prices are high. There's a lot of people, um, even like, it's interesting, like TV CRTs have been sold as retro gaming TVs, you know. Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, it's quite a funny thing. Um, I think uh, John Linneman from Digital Foundries done a few tweets on it where he's like, this is normal TV, this is retro gaming TV, you know. And it's the same thing, but it's 10 times the amount. And I think that's you've got a lot of people who are um, uh, sellers going, oh, this, this is you know, let's sell it as a ret- a rare piece, you know, and it's and it sometimes might be rare, but very often from not the buy it now stuff, unless you're unless you're absolutely sure it's the best deal you can get, I would steer away from that. Um, so a few tips uh, if you're on eBay um, and it's a lot of the collectors do this you can do the whole you know buy bulk and then kind of split up the stuff you don't want maybe sell it to some mates and you know buy buy a, a bigger load of stuff rather than one game at a time that's always a good good thing to do um and you can do it you don't have to do it ebay do it with your friends as well and you know when you sell it i've sold stuff i don't want to kind of rip people off so you know, I, I don't become that kind of sort of seller who's going to do the same because then things yeah things things come back around don't they so if you're going to sell stuff off i think you know try and be reasonable with prices and you, you'll find that other people will uh, especially if you're doing it in a little facebook group they'll be reasonable with you um the other thing is make yourself um known as a retro kind of gamer and collector it sounds a bit weird this, mm. but if you tell you like especially work colleagues um if you work in a big company especially Maybe we're not in the back in the office, but tell your family, your friends, your uncles, your aunts, your cousins. You won't believe, like people. Oh, guess what I've got in the attic? You know, I literally had this with my brother's friend. Guess what I got in the attic? I don't know. How do you want it? And he's, he's he gave me like a boxed Amiga twelve hundred with like yeah. fifty games. It was in mint condition. This thing, and uh, he wouldn't take any money for it. And you know, those have gone up dramatically. I did. I did actually buy him a few drinks because i felt so guilty uh, but i've had um had a couple yeah. of amigas i've had uh, a bbc micro i've had my friend gave me a mega cd and a mega drive for a bottle of wine oh my goodness i mean this is at work about maybe about six years ago um and, and also some japanese mega drive games outrun golden axe i'm looking at he gave me um so making yourself kind of be seen as a as a as kind of retro gamer on Facebook's quite a good one, you know, because people yeah. you can post that up and go, oh, I've got this, and a lot of people aren't, you know, they don't don't dislike retro gaming, but they're just not interested, and they go, oh, you can have this, you know, or, or if you know mm-hmm. if you if your granny and grandpa are around, they might have a old Atari sitting up there that they've just forgotten about. So that's that's the second sort of tip that I would uh, I would give, and then the third tip. Um, it's maybe everybody knows this one. If you if you are going to a um, car boot sale or a flea market, if you're in the US, you must get there early. <laughs> There's just no point um, going going late in the yeah. day because unfortunately the world has changed when it comes to retro gaming. When I was buying stuff at car boot sales, you know, 15 years ago, it, it you could literally pick up, you know, a, a SNES game for a couple of quid. It was that good. Uh, I bought Game of Watches for about ten pounds, um, you know, sort of back in two thousand and three. But mm. there, there's there's a lot of collectors out there who go to these regularly. You might there's be a lucky. Better understanding of its value now. Yeah, you might be lucky at the end where somebody just can't get rid of something or they've high priced it. So it's sometimes good to go at the very end, but you got to get there at you know t- ten to nine if it's nine o'clock, and. Um, you know, do, do you sort of, uh, I've, I've been there where I know the collectors and we're sort of, um, is that 
bit at the beginning of planes, trains, and automobiles where they're running down the road trying to get the taxi, and it's like that because we're both kind of seeing each other and going up and down the, the various rows and who's going to get there first, and and then you sort of it's a friendly bit of banter at my one, and um, it's like, oh, have you got? Oh, yeah, I know you've got that. You know, I wish I think I missed that, and you know, sometimes you win, sometimes you lose, but um, that's always a good thing. But to get there early is uh, is my top tip. Um, Otherwise, just don't bother. You're just wasting your time, really. <laughs> Fair yeah. enough. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, boot sales and charity shops and stuff like everyone should. I think everyone, a lot of people will just look on eBay, but honestly, like physical no. stores and boot sales stuff, you need to be checking that stuff out because those are the people who often don't know how much the things are worth. So <laughs> you definitely need to be trying that stuff. Out. There is. I mean, I, I I kind of feel guilty about that sometimes. I mean, I had one. Weirdly, it was last year. It was a Japanese Dreamcast um, box with a, a couple of games and a, and a light gun. And he was selling PS4 games. And I think it was it was selling for a mate. So I bought one PS4 game off him. And I was like, well, how much do you want for that? And he was like, 15 quid. And I just couldn't do it. I just couldn't do it. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, you know, how, why is... Because it you know, it's worth at least 100, right? So anyway, we, we chatted and he chucked something else in and I bought it for 35 in the end um, with, with, with something which wasn't worth as much. But I don't know, it's like ripping off your granny, isn't it, sort of with some people, if it's if it's so low. I mean, you know, could yeah. you, even if, you know, whatever the age might be, if, if somebody had a copy of, you know, Panzer Dragoon or Snatcher, which is like three, 400 quid, and they said, "Oh, it's a fiver." I just don't think I could live with myself, to be honest. Um, yeah, you know, I'd have to at least offer them fifty quid. You know, it was just just to kind of, uh, yeah, just to not live with the guilt of a uh, factor. But I mean, the chances of that happening, those two games in a car boot sale. Yeah, I mean, it's it's near nigh on impossible, really. Um, but I've seen. I think somebody popped up the other day on Twitter that they'd bought a little Samson. Um, maybe a, a flea market. Um, but they didn't say how much they paid for it. But yeah, I think, you know, I think maybe in the US, there's more choice probably out there. You've got more chance of a little out of town place, maybe selling something. Um, yeah. And, uh, but with, with here, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's less of a, less of a thing, but I mean, I'm not actively collecting as much as I used to just partly because of space. I just don't have, the um the kind of library so space in the UK in general, we have a lot of smaller houses so we don't have as much space to collect as, as people in the us with big basements and stuff we don't have that um so yeah it's a bit tricky here i mean i don't know about you, what you do for your storage but <clears throat> i've just actually up, updated mine um uh, other storage systems can be bought elsewhere but uh, i bought mine at b&q um weirdly and it's actually not bad because uh, you can kind of make it it's like a calyx calyx is it called ikea system uh, but i think it's a bit cheaper and i've got um yeah. i mean literally what i've counted them now i've got about 30 cubby hole type cupboards if you like to put all my stuff in um but i've i've reduced all the cartridges my main issue is ps um two games so i've now got um about nine ten wallets of discs with ps2 games in but you imagine we have to get you do that oh gosh so that's i've got literally I've, probably got, I've got about 400 500 games in in wallets now um because there's, there's you know the actual um dvd case style things which is taking up too much room um and then yeah and then the rest are in storage so because uh, I've got about eight, nine hundred PS2 games. That's probably my biggest single kind of console collection, if you like. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, other than that, I've got you know, I've, again, it's I've, what I've done with the rest of the stuff. So my Mega Drive, I've got some out, but the rest are in storage. Um, and I've got some canvas bags of the cartridge. I know it's obscene this, but having the cartridge only, just so I can at least have some cartridges. But boxed. Right. I've literally got something like, I don't know, 50 Mega Drive games out now. Um, I've got 400, but, you know, the rest are just, it's, it's about maybe another 50, 100 loose cart and the rest are in storage. So it's a bit of a shame, really. I would like to get them all out, but if I did it, and I've got not a particularly massive collection now. I've I've, I've moved bits on, I've swapped, mainly swapped, actually. 
Um, but mm-hmm. I don't know how these guys have, you know, sort of 5,000 games. They must be completely surrounded by them. It's, it's quite Yeah, they're mostly amazing. not UK-based. They just have more space. It's 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 Because that's the thing. It's space. Obviously, money is, 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 is tricky as well. But for me, it's, the space is the main problem. Yeah. Currently, I'm lucky enough that my my old uh, my childhood room back at my mum's house I kind of just take everything because I live with my partner at the moment I take everything back there and store it all there but one day it's got to come with me somewhere and you know what I'm gonna get is like a shed or a, the smallest room in the house or something so I need to be very aware of that while I'm collecting mm. games and video game merch I collect game merch as well God but, <clears throat> but is there a side of you and, and this is <laughs> This is where it's almost like, you know, Alcoholics Anonymous, you know, I, my name is Chris, I, I'm a retro gamer. Is there a side of you, if you, um, money no object, would like to live in just a massive castle with all your games, like, surrounded, oh, floor after yeah. floor after floor, every room has a different console and every single one of the games, are like a complete basement full of arcade games. And that, Absolutely. That's like a dream, isn't it, really? Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, I mean for me, like I've like gaming is quite literally my life. Like it's 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 how I met most of my friends was was thanks to gaming. It was my main passion hobby throughout my childhood and into my adulthood. It's if if I had the choice, what I would spend all my free time on. It's my job, so it's what I do all the time. Like it's my life. I'd be more than oh, I don't think my partner would want me to, mm. but I'd be more than happy to completely surround myself with it. Yeah, if if I won the lottery tomorrow and was like i had 50 million then yeah i'd be buying a big house and i would just have a literal library of video games would be glorious mm. i'm a bit like you like i'm I'm quite Badass. obsessed by it now i think i think uh and there's no there's no harm admitting it really um i think it's strange for people who who um i mean i have you know i mean my brother for example um just to not him alone but you know he used to play a lot of games actually when growing up um, but he's moved on, you know. He's he's not he's not into the hobby. We've we've been to the arcade, mm-hmm. or done went to Comic Con. He's played played it, but it's just not it's not his main passion. But I think some somebody like us, you and I, and and as many others, it's almost like it's everything, isn't it? Like you say, it's your job, it's your friends, it's your main yeah. hobby, it's the magazine that you read, it's the websites that you go to. It, it, it takes over, doesn't it, really? Um, but I don't think that's a bad thing. Because I think some people sort of say, oh, you know, an obsession is actually a negative thing. I don't think it can. It is always, actually. I think it, it, it's a focus more than an obsession. You're not just fritting around, kind of looking yeah, at I think it, I think stuff. it depends on how you approach it as well. So, I mean, I have a very realistic mindset about it. It's like, you know, obviously I've just said how much games mean to me, but at the same time it's like, if I had to burn all my video games that I own or save a friend's life, I'm obviously Which friend. Friend's life. <laughs> so, <laughs> get rid of them. So it's like, you know, I have perspective. Yeah. Like my, my friends, my family, my partner, my relationships in life, mm, mm. financial, all that still comes first, of course. But it's, it's that, you know, I'm, I'd be quite happy to die an old man having dedicated myself to this hobby, you know, um, mm, mm. That, that I'd be fine with that. Yeah, I mean, uh, God, getting into deep stuff now. I actually, um, I don't know, I should tell you this. <laughs> People listening, but I, I, I almost felt um, this was a, it was a, I started it up properly when I was 40, right? Um, that's when I launched Games You Loved. So I thought, you know, I'm, you know, like my job at the time and it was, you know, things were going okay, uh, personal life good. And, but I always felt, oh, I've never, you know, I haven't got a legacy thing. I haven't got something like, you know, I might right. might sort of have, or it's not not necessarily um, a boastful thing. It's just like you know something that people would um, people regard me as. I've done something. It's for myself. Actually, it's yeah, more yeah. it's more of me to think it rather than others. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I I I, m- I would maybe like to kind of pass it down at some point. Um, you know, it, if it's if it's I hit you know I have a, a fair bit of feedback with people. I've asked, you know, a question, I can't remember, it might be exactly, but people have said, oh, we really love what you do, you know, like, it's fun, it's positive, it's, you know, we love sharing, you sharing our stuff, and it would be a shame that it just disappeared one day, you know, I'm not saying I'm changing the world here by any stretch, but, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, it could be something that, you know, I would 
sort of passed down in my will. Sounds a bit strange. I think talking about this now, it's just, yeah. but um, you know, if, if, if it did, if it did continue and I continued it and, and, and with others, you know, it might be something I did and who knows who it go to. Maybe I could do like a ready player one, you know, so there's like a game at the end that comes up, you know, a video of me going, Oh, I've gone now. <laughs> who wants to own games you loved? You have to answer these three questions, you know, um, that would be quite cool. So um, that'd be good. And then, and then in a hundred years' time, it could be. Or oh, who remembers the PlayStation Seven? <laughs> could be, yeah, could be, yeah. Mate, if I live for a hundred years, then uh... well, then well, hey, we're, we're happy days. Yeah, I've just noticed the time. Um, so we'll we'll wrap up. Thank you very much for joining us. Do you want to tell everyone where they can find you, where they can find games you loved, all that? Good yeah. Stuff? So, um. The easiest way is just to go into Google and put games you loved as one word because then all our stuff comes up. So we're mainly on Instagram, um, uh, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. And that's with all those forward slash games you loved, all one word. And then we've got our website, which is www.gamesyouloved.com. There we go. Simple stuff. And yeah, again, thank you very much for joining me. Obviously, it is. Uh, fun. I, I love hearing about all these little communities and 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 how focused they are. So it's 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 always incredibly interesting to me. And uh, yeah, and 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 little behind the scene bit for you here. Obviously, Chris and I haven't spoken since lockdown, really, because we've no, just no. been completely separated. Um, this is so the first time. Good to have an actual catch up with you as well. Yeah, it's, I really enjoyed it actually. Thank you very much for joining me. Um, maybe in 50 years' time, we'll come and talk about new retro. Sounds fun to me. On the podcast. Yeah, I'll be there in my rocking right. chair. And the, maybe I can talk about <laughs> VR then. I won't get slammed. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah it'll be retro. Yeah. Then. Good stuff, man. Right. Thanks for listening, Take everyone. Care. Catch you later. Hi, thanks for listening. If you liked this podcast, you can support it i.e. me, on www.patreon.com slash toadsanime. For just $1 or more a month, you will get a shout-out at the end of each podcast, which is coming up in a second. Or for $3 a month, you'll get access to four episodes early a month. That means you'll be getting each episode three days before public release. Ooh, aren't you special? Ooh, you. And obviously, every episode features a different guest from the video games industry, and it will help support me getting cool guests and making it feel like it's a really good use of my time. Let's pretend it is. So thank you so, so much to anyone, everyone that even looks at the Patreon for even a second. And thank you to Ryan Winter, Joe Sheedy, Gregory Kroll, Andy Robertson, Stephen Bolton, Lee Chapman, Gregory Phillips, Chris Wood, Corey Class, EMH Richard, Francisco Limus, Thomas and James Coop for backing me on Patreon so far. Thank you so, so much.